What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Active Texan Podcast. I'm Dr. Brian Watts, your host. Today we have a special guest with us, Eddie Enriquez. Eddie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I just want to give a little quick background on Eddie, and then he's going to fill in the rest. Um, he's the founder of Cap Elite, which CAP stands for Centers of Athletic Performance. And that was established in 2003 with a focus of training athletes. Um, and we can kind of get into what that means as far as who an athlete is, I think, as we have this conversation. Um, and he's also, they had the first CrossFit gym open up in Montgomery, Texas, which is also kind of covering the area of Montgomery, Conroe, and Magnolia. And that was in 2008, so when CrossFit was just starting out. I mean, that was definitely the first one probably um, in, in that area for sure. And then you were able to open that and kind of go from there. You've, you've probably tried different things, done different things with your gym. And yeah, why don't you, I mean, first just give us a little bit of background of maybe where you grew up, kind of what sports you played, then we'll kind of get into uh, what you're doing now with Cap Elite. Yeah, sounds great. Yeah, I mean, um, so I've always been into sports and, you know, talking about the CrossFit stuff, that, that was uh, something that, that this kind of came about because of what I was doing with sports. But growing up, I was born in Mexico City, uh, loved sports. My parents moved to the U.S. when I was 10 years old, and we moved to a little town outside of Chicago called Naperville, Illinois. Hmm. And... Uh, started playing uh, soccer and started playing basketball. You know, we didn't have that kind of stuff. Like in Mexico, all we did was soccer, uh, and that was basically it. Mm -hmm. You know, recess was all about just kicking the ball around, even in the concrete, you know, space that we had. But, you know, coming to the United States, you know, kind of gave and opened up a lot more opportunities for sports, uh, different sports. Uh, my parents didn't allow me to play football until I was in seventh grade, even though oh, I wanted wow. to play. You know, I mean, I was just this... I was a diehard cowboy fan growing up, you know, and that, that was like the team in Mexico. Mm -hmm. um, and not so much anymore, but. Oh, uh, really? Who's the team now? <laughs> Who do they like in Mexico now? I don't know. Well, they probably still like the cowboys. I just, I, you know, I've kind of faded away from that. But anyway. You're not a diehard um, I mean, so, who, who wasn't back, you know. The I'm 80s. sorry? Who wasn't back in the 80s? And right, yeah. Like, I mean, I was like America's team back then. Yeah. I think that's kind of gone away, right? Um, but so I, you know. Once I got to play football, um, my dad actually snuck. My mom was out of town, and he signed us up for Pop Warner. Uh, my oh, brother yeah. and I—he's two and a half years younger than me. So it was—I was, I was in seventh grade. So he was, uh, what was fifth grade, probably, yeah, probably fifth grade, and uh, and I just started, you know, the football, and you know, we were just naturally good. You know, we, we had, you know, we had decent speed. You know, we weren't like super fast or anything, but enough to to be like the running back of the team and you know that kind of grew and you know so growing up football and soccer became my two sports mm -hmm. and then we moved, we moved to texas uh i went to klein high school and continued playing football and soccer both uh played at, you know through the high school and at the club but back then soccer wasn't as popular as it is these days oh, you know, yeah. it was like you know people like looked down at it you know uh, i remember you know my football coaches making fun of me because I had to go play soccer, you go kick that ball around a little bit, you know, right after football season. So they'd make fun of me and, you know, they'd be doing off-season weight training. And, you know, so I would go from off-season weight training to soccer practice. You know, I mean, I was pretty beat, but I was, you know, I, I just got used to that work ethic of working hard lifting. Um, I, I enjoyed the lifting part of it in the off-season. You know, I look forward to that. And, uh, but then there came a point, you know, that where, you know, I, I was being recruited for football. 
um, you know, again, soccer at that time wasn't as popular. So, you know, getting a scholarship back then wasn't as, you know, it, there weren't as many opportunities mm -hmm. as there are today. Which sport so, were you better at? Um, I was, uh, I was probably better at football. Uh, I mean, I was good at soccer. I played, you know, uh, left wing. I played goalie. And I, I was just athletic enough. I could jump and had good, had good, good hand-eye coordination, so I made a decent goalie. You know, never went to camps. I mean, back then, you know, I never went to a football camp, never went to a soccer camp. I mean, we just never did any of that. Yeah. You know, it was just totally different now. It's totally different. <laughs> like, now it's all about that. And uh, Did you play club soccer? Or I did. Just, okay. I did, yeah. So I club soccer Arsenal. and then for the football team in high school. Yeah. Okay. In fact, uh, one of my teammates uh, – yeah, Klein and and during our and our club team, uh, his name's Paddle Tool. He's like the director for the Challenge Soccer Club right now. Okay, yeah, down, down at yeah. So so he's been in soccer for gosh forever. He he was a great player in his day. He was probably our best player on the team. Um, but anyway, it was it was but you know for me it was more about football and getting that scholarship. So I started, started getting you know letters from. So I had Arkansas, Vanderbilt, Air Force, Rice. You know a lot of other smaller schools. Uh, coach from Harvard came down, you know, sat in my living room, tried to get me to go there, but they didn't give scholarships, so right, I kind of yeah. wanted that scholarship. They still don't really give. They don't. Not for they athletics. find ways to help you out. I yeah, they do. They do. recently went there last year. That is on a, well, not a football scholarship, but they give them academic scholarships. Right. Yeah. Right. So where did you end so up? So I ended up at Rice. Uh, oh, wow. You know, down in Houston. You know, forty, you know, forty-five minutes from my parents' house, and you know, they can come watch all my games. And uh, they did. They, they were always very supportive. And I just kind of became a thing. And I, I was a running back. Uh, I was actually, I was a really good blocking back, a fullback. Back then, the I formation was popular. Not so much now. But um, two years into my Rice career, we got a new coach and went to a one-back offense. And I just really wasn't built for that. I wasn't fast enough to be a one-back. You know, I was, I was too big, um, not shifty enough. And uh, so I just kind of just played out my years there. Played, you know, played all special teams, went in every now and then, you know. But, but I still love the sport. And, and I, but the one thing that I always, I was always good. I was like training in the weight room and, and working out, staying strong. Um, I think in high school, my junior, uh, going into my senior year, off, junior year off season, um, you know, I, I benched four or five. Um, I forget why I squatted because bench was the thing that did. <laughs> it was all but it was, but it was, yeah, it was up, it was up there. Um, I mean, most people can't squat four or five. So. Right. So, but, but, you know, we lifted so much. I mean, I, I think our entire starting offense and defense in you know my senior year in high school benched over three hundred. So we had really, really good weight program, and I think that kind of got me started on the right track. You know, just in the future. Like now that I look back at it, I go, they were doing some things right. Uh, you know, because there's you, that's you can't say that you know about most high schools. Right. Uh, Actually, I mean, let's talk about that for a second because I hear this all the time. Like this, the strength training programs aren't what they really need to be. They're really kind of one-sided or too narrowly focused, like for one kind of player. Um, especially, I mean, even in football, like it may you know something that the offensive line is doing shouldn't be necessarily the things that the that skills players are doing. So, what was it about? Um, first, what was it about that program? Was it the coaches? Was it, I mean, that made it to where y'all had a good program put together for high school? 
We had, I mean, you know, now that I look back, you know, you, you, know, you don't appreciate what you have until you don't have it. And, you know, and then you, you look back and you're like, gosh, you know, that was, we really had it good. You know, we had a really great coaching staff. Uh, I think, you know, they, they really cared about the kids. Now, you know, you talk about, you know, not doing the right things for the kids in a weight program. You know, to be fair, you know, you look at a high school program, you only have 45 minutes to get some something in. You know, you've got 100 kids. You know, impossible. it's impossible to yeah. do everything, you know, everything for everybody. So you kind of have to pick and choose. Um, but I really think, now looking back, that the, the things that you focus on, if you focus on some of the big lifts, regardless of what sport you play, you're gonna, it's going to help your athleticism. Squats, deadlifts, um, power cleans, you know, those types of lifts, you know, will help with athleticism. The stronger you squat, the, the more you can lift off the ground, you know, safely, um, and the more you can power up, you know, to your shoulder. I mean, that's, you know, that, that's all explosiveness. And if you do it right, teach it right, you know, those are like the basic things. Now, there's a lot of other things that you can start you know, customizing based on the sport, mm -hmm. but those are the staple lifts that I think, you know, all athletes should be strong at. Uh, bench is typically not like, you know, I don't consider that something that's essential. And, you know, there's a lot of people get, you know, have shoulder injuries because of, you know, bench and so forth. But if you teach it right and do it right, um, you know, I think from, from a neural, you know, muscular you know, standpoint, it, it does give a lot of upper body uh, stimulation to help growth you know mm -hmm. that's what you're looking to, you know, to do so but it's not essential for an athlete so it just depends on, on, on what you're doing yeah so you know lift heavy properly uh, make the movements more explosive and then we can get the speed and you know in sports specificity okay and that's kind of how you know I've learned over the years to you know take my athletes you know through um, lately it's been more about speed you know everyone is so interested in, in just making getting faster baseball players they want to get their 60 time down football players want to get their 40s time down um, and even female sports are now more and more starting to see the value of, of speed you know and, and they see it on the field especially the team sports mm -hmm. um, so I started focusing on that over the last several years I just kind of started looking back at all my programming all my experiences and I put together what I think is, is probably one of the best programs, you know, in the state, if not in the country, for speed development in, mm -hmm. in youth sports. Yeah, we have it right here in College Station. Right here That's in College pretty Station. Cool. <laughs> um, you make a good point about, I want to go backtrack just a little bit about the high school um, lifting programs. And, and in general, like what you said, with the, the lifts of squat, deadlift, cleans, um, those, I, I think that can translate, like you said, to basically any sport um, and I even say this like even related to like endurance sports uh, because we're finding out more and more as the more we look at it that endurance athletes actually need to be also lifting heavy and in those kind of main lifts with your legs um, and so yeah they don't the I think kind of what I meant was more it's the coaches just don't have the time they need like Correct. to really help specific like make sure people are they just kind of got blanket programs because they have to. They're, I mean, it, but then what's happened now is there's people like you, kind of coming coming in and offering all kinds of other. That's kind of where things are going. I mean, it have gone in the last ten years, is more customized programming. So you can't necessarily have a speed program in those high school programs unless it's some kind of summer special thing. But right. um, during season, even like little off season stuff, 
if you focus on those lifts and do them correctly, then you're going to make improvements in right. athletic ability of just straight up being stronger um, in your legs and also preventing injury. And I think, I don't know what your take is on this. I mean, the focus a lot is on males. It has in the past, but now more and more females, like you said, are, are focusing on speed, but even lifting and getting stronger. Um, you even look at something like CrossFit, how that's completely changed the way like the female, female athlete kind of looks at themselves as what they can and can't do as far as lifting. Um, and that makes a big difference in preventing injuries. Right. I know y'all are big on that. Like what you do is yep. going to help you prevent injury, like almost guaranteed. <laughs> right. Right. At least, at least minimize the, the potential of, of, of getting injured. Reduce uh, the risk. Yeah. Reduce you the can't risk. prevent it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you can reduce the you risk. You can reduce the risk for sure. But yeah, I mean, so, so over, over the, over many years you keep hearing, you know, so school started doing summer training, you know, they've been doing it for a long time, but when I was in high school, we didn't really have summer training. It was optional. It was like, Hey, we're doing some running, you know, on such and such time and you guys show up and run and, you know, I never went to that. I didn't, I didn't realize how important it was or mm-hmm. what a big deal it was. And, and, you know, and I liked to, to do that kind of stuff, uh, but I never really did it. Um, I, I did do some of the weight training, but I, I started really hitting it. You know, once I started, you know, probably like 10th grade when I, started, I got moved up to varsity, um, you know, that's when I started getting serious about the lifting and saw the value, uh, you know, seeing the gains and you just see it on the field, you know, and, and, and what you're able to do and not do, you know, just my movements were, were better, stronger, you know, the confidence that you gain, that's probably one of the biggest things that people don't realize that, you know, when you're mm-hmm. faster and stronger, your confidence level increases. And therefore, you know, a lot of the game, regardless what sport you play is about that mental, that mental edge mm-hmm. and having the confidence, you know, is a big deal. And you get that with, with, with being stronger and faster. So, so that, that, that all was part, you know, that was just all part of my experience. And, uh, you know, there's not one time that I ever went on a field with a doubt that, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run that guy over or I'm gonna make sure I get that block and, you know, we're gonna open up the hole. I, I never had a doubt that that was gonna happen. You know, mm-hmm. it, it just, it was just, it was just my mindset. Yeah. Um, so, so that, that, you know, so that, that took me through Rice and, you know, I ended up, you know, graduating uh, in human performance and health science. That was my major, so I'm kind of, doing what I majored, you know, and, and, yeah. and which is great. Uh, but it didn't start that way. I mean, my, my first job offer out of school was with a telecommunications company hmm. in Kansas City, um, you know, being a, a sales rep uh, for high tech, you know, phone did systems you take that and job? computers. I did take the job. Uh-huh. It was, it, it, was you know, it was like the thing, right? You, you graduate and you get a good job and you, you start, you know, so I started heading down that corporate path. and. Hmm. You know, after several years, I, I ended up in New Jersey working for a, a high-tech consulting marketing company. Um, clients were like AT&T and Lucent Technologies and Toshiba, you know, just major brands were, were clients, but just wasn't a passion uh, of mine. And I met this guy uh, who had a little training center in New Jersey. You know, just a little warehouse, probably about the size of... Uh, of this, well, like we're talking about maybe 600 square feet, uh, thousand maximum, but he had a little turf area and he had little, you know, little corner with weights mm-hmm. and he had a bunch of athletes running in there just doing different stuff. And I was like, man, this is kind of cool. I've never seen this, you know? So I just, just kind of put it in my mind. So I would say probably a year or two after that, um, 
actually came down to uh, for a golf tournament back uh, back in town, down in the Lake Conroe area, and that's where I met my wife. And uh, my wife Tori, she works for the Texas A&M Hotel and Conference Center, okay. which is why we're in College Station now. Uh, we make her commute a lot easier. Hmm. So, but um, what year was it? You were in New Jersey. That like how long ago was this? Or it was like '98. Okay. Through like 2002 or 2003. Okay. Like, so that, right about that time. So anyway, what I'm saying is I, 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 when I met my wife, I, I, you know, she was, she was in, living in Lake Conroe area. I said, okay, I'm, I will move back to Texas and, you know, quit my job. It was, you know, it was a, it was a nice job. It was six-figure income. Quit cold turkey and starting a sports performance training center for athletes that's what i wanted to do well there you go and i did it you did we, what you wanted I to found, do I found, I was like, awesome. it, it was scary right you mean you put you know load up the credit cards you know do, you know <laughs> do what you have to do to get it going yeah and and uh got it going uh you know i bought you know, all the equipment bought turf uh, ended up uh, on walters road there was like an old abandoned tennis indoor tennis center this was in conroe this was actually down in houston 1960 okay. area but we, i lived in the conroe area okay when i moved back down and um like montgomery you know walden area okay so you didn't have much of a transition it was like okay this is i realized you realized that you wanted to do that all along yep. just by kind of getting inspired by that guy in new jersey yep. and you just made the decision and went all in so that, just went all in that just, simple so i'm gonna do it just go all in and that's how it started in 2003 yeah. so uh and uh and it was just to focus on athletes so so that grew you know it was successful you know word got out uh, ended up going to uh um, one of the local volleyball clubs in the houston area trained out of there for five years and then uh ended up moving to uh, montgomery and starting a gym there from scratch uh again so started working with some families and some athletes but then as as the word got out you know there was a there was a dad that's like you should really focus on getting more adults in here because that's not what i wanted to do mm -hmm. i just wanted to work with the, with the kids you know and athletes um so i was like so he put that bug in my ear he's like have you seen this crossfit thing i'm like no this is just one of the dads yeah the it, was, it, was, it was a dad that i was training i was training wow. three of his kids and um <laughs> In fact, uh, so yeah, he he uh, he was the owner of uh, Luke's Locker down in the Woodlands, okay. and uh, and uh, he uh, he's like, you should really look at this CrossFit, you know. I was like, all right, yeah, maybe, you know, I don't know. So I started looking at, it, I was like, yeah, I don't know, like, I, you know. I mean, I like it, I like the concept. I was like, yeah. man, these workouts are intense. I started watching some of the videos, and uh, I was like. It's like, eh, yeah, maybe we should. There's not, you know, no one's doing it. I think there was one guy in the woodlands doing it, and then somebody down in uh, like the Pearland area, and maybe one other location. There weren't that many around, so I went and got my CrossFit cert. And so, said, where okay. did you do that? Where where could you get CrossFit cert at that? Well, point? at the time, uh, at the time that I was considering that, it was like, I think it was like November, December, and there was one coming right up. Uh, right, right around that time, and I wanted to get get it done before the New Year's so to, to kind of take advantage of that New Year, you know, rush for for fitness. Yeah. So I had to go to Portland, Oregon. I flew out there to, to get it done, and okay. uh, it was over the weekend. Yeah. Thousand bucks. CrossFit level one. CrossFit level one. Has, that, I wonder if that's changed very much. 
I don't think it has. So, <laughs> so uh, I mean, it's only been 13 years. Yeah. I mean, 12, 13 years since that happened. I mean, in CrossFit at that point, I'm not sure when CrossFit was established. I don't know that date. Um, it was early 2000s for sure. But when it started taking, becoming more popular was around 2008. Yes. Well, it slowly became popular. I it think. slowly became yeah. popular. Yeah. So, um, and then I started getting into it. You know, I started I started doing the workouts and started getting back in shape because I had I, I kind of you know I was doing so much training I was just tired. So I, I you know my workouts were real basic. You know, there weren't anything intense. You know, nothing crazy. So I, you know, once cross once we got back into into the CrossFit world, you know, I started taking it seriously and even competed. Um, I think uh, in my mid forties, I finished top hundred in the world uh, in the open. No, oh, wow! And uh, I was like, okay, but I took it seriously. You know, I mean, I, I was I was eating right. I was getting okay. the weight. I was like, you know, I was getting stronger. Like I, you know, I probably uh, deadlift and power clean more in my you know early forties than I did ever in college. Um, did you so, do all that programming and write all that program once you learned and kind of got your certification? I did. I, 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 you know, I, I never, we never really followed the, the, uh, CrossFit headquarters, uh, workout of the day. Yeah. It was kind of like, you know, just do our own thing. And that's just, you know, but just, just kind of based on the methodology, just based on methodology, yeah. we started programming and, uh, and then my partner, Kim, she came on board to help, um, uh, when I started the gym in Montgomery and she's, you know, she's been with me since. So she, she became a big CrossFit, you know, she be, actually became the head CrossFit coach. And then I kind of just focused on, on the athletes, went back to that. Um, and I just enjoyed that more, you know, working so, with, with, with the kids. Were you still doing like this, the speed and agility training with the athletes that whole time? Yes. Yeah. We were, yeah, we, we still had, you know, and, and I was running the summer program, uh, you know, at the high school there um, so I was helping their coaches out with the programming and you know that kind of grew you know back then when how'd we started involved, out there was like maybe 30 kids them? in the summer training okay and that's with the high school now there's 300 you know it's like it just, just that's how much it's grown oh, wow. the popularity of the summer training has grown over those years did you just approach the coaches at the high school and yeah I just you know I, I, I was introduced to the head coach and you know we just you know hit it off and started talking you know just about my background and you know he he was open-minded enough to you know, c- you know give me the opportunity to go in there and, and, and help out you know not, not a lot of uh, high school coaches are open-minded like that you know a lot of us are very proprietary about their athletes and mm-hmm. you know not getting somebody else you know involved that you know I think it's good to have other people also coach was uh, that at Montgomery high was school in Montgomery, yeah. okay mm-hmm. yeah, and that did, what about once they Expanded. I mean, this was recent. They've got yeah. So they 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 actually branched off into another high school uh, a couple of years ago. So we started doing both summer programs. Um, so still very involved in the Montgomery area. Is you know right now um, trying to focus my growth here in College Station, and um, it's 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 so far so good. You know, I started training out of my garage, then COVID hit. And kids had nowhere to work out, so mm-hmm. kids started coming to my garage. And um, I have, you know, my garage is set up. So we, we initially set up my one car garage, and I had a high speed treadmill, which is what we have at you know in, at the gym, and the Vertimax and the you know flywheel work, you know, just some lights, some light weights at that you know there. 
and then that grew and we, we expanded into my two-car garage so <laughs> i told my wife i said well i need a two-car garage now because i got too many kids mm-hmm. and uh and now my hoa is like well you know you got way too many kids now so you know you have to find a place so I'm, i just found a place so i'll be going off of highway 30 awesome um and training out of there probably in the next week or two so getting all that set up and um my main focus right now is I, I, I'm not working with any, any adults right now. Uh, I mean, I will if they don't want me, but my so focus is the Did y'all sell that CrossFit gym? Yeah, I sold the, uh, well, that's a whole nother story. But yeah, I mean, I, we, so I took in a bunch, you know, I took in a bunch of coaches and, you know, we started, you know, coaching, but, and then little by little, they, you know, they built relationships with the clients and then they go off and start their own CrossFit gym and, that happened to me like four times. Like I've had, I've had like four coaches that you know that we've let in, you know, let them build relationships, you know, elevated them to that level, and then, you know, but that that kind of became known as the CrossFit. Well, that happens in CrossFit all the time, you know. So, like the breeding like, ground for coaches. Yeah, I mean, it's just like it, it happens it's here. Like, it's know, happened here. Too. It, it, well, it happens oh, here all the time right. too. Yeah, I mean, I know some of the coaches here, and you know, they're great people, and they're, you know, some of the original. CrossFit coaches and the same things happen to them. So, but you know, that's just, that's a whole different thing. But, um, so I moved here and, you know, from scratch, you know, I didn't go work for a sports training center or a CrossFit gym. Like, I mean, you've still, you've still got Cap Elite. I still got Cap Elite in my gum. I sold that gym though. Uh, (coughs) and, um, so I sold that gym now, but so I'm not just focused here. And, um, it's been, it's been great. I mean, you know, I started from scratch, it's grown, and now it's expanded to where I have to get a location. I wasn't planning on it. I wasn't part of the plan. It was just, hey, you know, let's just keep it, you know, <coughs> a few weeks, a few days out of the week, and we'll, we'll do it out of the garage. <laughs> so what kind of, um, I mean, you work with mostly youth athletes, and mm-hmm. this is, the, give us kind of the age range and then the different sports we work with. I know it probably so, varies, but. So man, it's, it's it's really cool. So I, I you know with the high speed, when I you know when I got certified on, on the high speed program, it was like probably like ten years ago. And I went out to Colorado. A guy named Bo Chavez, you know, he, he was running a, he was running um, some high speed you know programs you know within. So he had a protocol, and uh, it was a great protocol to learn from. You know, just kind of just kind of follow follow the eight week program, and you know, kind of kind of worked out. But over the course of the years, a lot, you know, a lot of things that were missing was like the land-based stuff and the strength stuff. And so just over time, just little by little, I started tweaking and adding and making changes and modifications. So now the program is, is pretty elite and it's pretty solid. But I can work with, I mean, I've worked with four-year-old kids and just working on a running form. You know, as basic as that. Mm-hmm. You know, because you know, my belief is if you can at least start a kid off with the proper mechanics and you don't have to worry about down the road having to break those bad habits they're going to be more successful they're going to be more confident they're going to be more successful and they're going to they're going to you know feel like they can do anything you know you know in whatever sport they they, they decide to play right mm-hmm. um and so i work with four-year-olds five-year-olds six-year-olds seven-year-olds and uh you know i've, I've got 10-year-old triplets so oh, wow. so when they were little you know um i probably put them on there First time I put them on the treadmill was probably when they were like five, and they picked it up. I was like, "Man, they, they, you know, they, they're learning pretty quick." I mean, at five they were learning. I was like, "Okay, that's interesting." So you know, I just started, you know, 
inviting other kids to come and, and teach them how to run. And that just kind of grew. Um, but so we can keep it as simple as just teaching how to run to getting faster, more explosive. And that entails a bunch of other stuff too that, that you know that we incorporate into the program. Mm-hmm. Do you find that it's easier um, with the younger they are to that they learn faster? Yeah, I, I think kids don't get enough credit. I mean, I think you know people are like, well, you know, is my kid too young? I'm like, no, you know, this may be like a six year old, you know, child yeah. of a six year old. So no, not at all. I mean, you can teach them how to run right now, and they'll pick it up quick. You know, I mean, I've seen it. You know, you know, and now I've seen it hundreds of times over and over again. So it's. Like I know I can teach a kid how to run, mm-hmm. you know, just get 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 him in there and you know be consistent with it, and um, you know, it just kind of it's just it's exploded now. So it's 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 something that people are looking into now more. Um, I think it's it sets a solid foundation to their athletic career, regardless of what path they choose and sport they choose, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it's just it's exciting to see it's exciting to see their confidence. You know, the confidence that these kids get. You know, at first they were like, you know, skeptical, like, who's this guy and what's this big machine? And they're like, why is he telling me to get my knees up and who am I elbowing? And, you yeah. know, like, but then they're like looking forward to come back, right? So they come back and, and then and they're like, you know, Coach, hey, let me show you how I run now. And they, they, they run up and down and they, you know, moving those arms and they're showing me, they're showing off, yeah. right? It's like, it's so cool to see. And then they, um, you know, they're, they're just eager to come back and we get them back on there and they just get better and better and better and you know it's 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 fun so someone comes to you for like a, for to get faster um is how do you start them out and then like how do you what kind of program do you take them through so i take them through so so the high speed treadmill i have it's, it's a twenty five thousand dollar machine but it, you know the treadmill inclines up to 40 degrees and it goes 31 miles an hour and there's a lot of you know not that we're going to run 31 miles an hour but there's a lot of benefit, and that's just you know, just like a car. You're not you're not going to drive it 200 miles an hour just because you have it. Yeah. Um, but it's just a solid built machine that allows us to do a lot of different things that a normal treadmill can't do. Um, you can't duplicate. So if, if you're trying to teach speed, you know, we first work on the mechanic. Okay, is your form right? Is your mechanics? Are you striking? You know, with the right part of your foot. Are you applying force? You know, because a lot of people don't know that applying force is part of getting faster. Hmm. They just kind of run, you know. Um, and there's a difference when you teach speed. You know, people say, well, you can't, you know, it's not the same thing running on treadmill, running on lamp. Well, no, it's not the same thing, but you can you can teach it to where it becomes very similar. And, and teaching how to apply that force, you know, evens out the playing field. But then the treadmill can take over as far as, you know, being superior as far as teaching speed because you're able to keep an athlete on there longer than they would normally run at that speed on a track or a field. So then we start pushing those biomarkers. And those biomarkers start getting pushed little by little, little by little, little by little. And there's nothing out there that will duplicate that mo- that movement at those speeds mm. to get faster. Yeah. So so my elite, my you know more of my elite athletes, you know high school, college, you know type athletes that are real serious. You know, they get pushed. They're running 22, 23, 24, 25, 26 miles an hour. But we're not starting them there. You know, you know those kids typically started at 19, 20 miles an hour. But now they're a lot faster. That uh, we've pushed that biomarker, you know, over time, over time, little by little, little by little. Then we also worked on strengthening the movement, and we made the movement more explosive as we went along. 
So they're getting that stimulus, you know, all the way around. Can you explain to our, for our listeners what you mean by biomarker? Well, it's like so the body. So let's say you're, you know, we've all experienced this. We run as fast as we can, and then we start getting tired. Yeah. Well, naturally, you're, we start just slowing down, right? Your your your, your form breaks down. You start slowing down. No matter what you want to do to stay, you just you know you just slow down. Your mind just starts shutting down. Your body starts saying, "Okay, it's slow down." Mm-hmm. Well, when you're on that high speed, when you get to that point where like, okay, like if I was running on you know if I'm running 22 miles an hour, and I'm on that treadmill, well, I better not slow down because I'm going to fall down, right? Mm-hmm. So, with the proper spotting, in the proper technique, and the proper coaching they push through that biomarker where they were normally shut down they push for another fraction of a second you know mm-hmm. another couple fractions of a second yeah but each time they do that by the time you know we've done you know several sessions you know it might be a whole second that's a big deal when you're talking about a sprint you know you're talking yeah. about a short sprint um that biomarker is getting pushed so now they're, they're keeping that high speed for a longer period of time so yeah, that's a really good explanation. I think, I mean, this is something that I think is being talked about a lot more in different sports as well. Um, so there's a, I'm a golfer. You said you played a golf tournament. Are you a golfer? No, I, okay. I am not a very good golfer. <laughs> well, anyway, so, anyway, I'm a golfer, and so I was listening to this. Um, there's a podcast that they were interviewing somebody with a company called Super Speed Golf. I don't know if you've heard of them. Um, and so swinging the golf club fast is kind of like wanting to run fast on the field. I mean, for a golfer, they want, you know, higher club speed is you're going to hit the ball further and so uh, what they're finding is when they're training people is they're un- kind of like what you're describing with the biomarker is unlocking the potential like of the brain letting your body move that fast right. and getting used to moving that fast so it actually makes neurological changes to where eventually whether it's a you know split second eventually a full second um, when you're swinging a golf club it may just be a few miles an hour um, within that short time that you're actually swinging the club um, but they do things like in their training. I'm not f- that familiar with all of it, but shout out to Super Speed Golf. But they do things where they get you to swing basically as hard as you can, like uncontrolled. And then, and then they use tools and equipment to measure it and to get you to feel that. And it's exactly the same as what you're talking about with running. You're getting your body and your – because it starts with the brain. Once you get to that point, you're, okay, physically running that fast, and then your brain starts to adjust. It either is going to make you shut down or go a little bit longer. And you can expand that amount of time that you're actually going that speed, or how fast you're swinging that golf club. So it's the same thing, right? Right. That's right. The mind, the mind is really powerful. And, you know, and, 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 and you know, if you can, if you can push the body in, in, to get past what the mind's limiting you, you know, you're going to do a lot better. So I see it all the time. So I, I, you know, I'll have athletes get on there and they'll start running, and they'll run uh, to keep up with the treadmill, right? So they're running and they're keeping up with the treadmill. They're not really getting their knees up. Then they try to get their knees up when you talk and get the knees up, but they're still trying to just run with the treadmill, right? So after a few you know runs and sessions and some coaching, you know we teach them how to attack that treadmill, apply that force. So once they start applying that force and they start getting the mechanics right, we then start pushing that biomarker and then they start attacking it. They start attacking it faster, and now they're attacking it faster longer, and then that's how we start progressing. Um, but it starts with just getting, you know, getting the mind right to say, oh, I can do this. I can attack this. Oh, I've, got, I've got a lot more in me. Mm-hmm. And then with little by little, we gradually push up the speed. Yeah. So, you know, I'll start, you know, we'll start, you know, maybe eight, nine miles an hour when, when someone starts with us. But within eight, 12 weeks, 
they're going to be hitting 20. And, and, they're doing it, and they're doing it with, with much better form, much better mechanics, uh, much more confidence. Yeah. And it's just, it, and, it, and it translates, you know. So when people say, well, you know, it's not the same thing. Well, no, it's not. But people ask me all the time, like, well, if I can run 20 miles an hour on a treadmill, what does that mean on the track? There is no, there is no translation because it really depends on several things. You know, it depends on how much force you're applying, your stride length, your stride frequency. Um, and then there's something called the Golgi tendon inhibition, which is the ability of the body to relax, mm-hmm. you know, while you're doing that movement so that it can go, you know, at, at a more rapid pace. So there's little different things that take place that, you know, you can't, you can't compare the two, you know, in, in saying, okay, if I run 20 miles, I should be able to run, you know, 11 second, 100, mile, 100 meter now. And it doesn't mean that, you know, you may not be applying as much force as another kid that can run 20 on the treadmill, but can, he can just apply force, more force in the right direction on, on track. But at yeah. least we're getting you to that point. I think it's just a part of the puzzle of putting things together and training different ways. I mean, you're training your brain. You are moving. Everything's moving faster on that treadmill. So that is definitely an aspect yes. of doing that on a track right. or on a football field. But then you, you're, that's not all of your program, right? I mean, no, it's not, no, you don't not, just put them on. No, that's not all, there's right? A, there's I mean, a lot more st- to you it. You still have to get stronger. So we work on a lot of movement. You know, we do a lot of eccentric training. We do a lot of weight you know, training, especially with the older kids. Uh, with the younger kids, not so much weight training, but we do we do do eccentric uh, overloading, uh, you know, squats. So squats are like you know we talked about that earlier. Or, or I think those are those are critical in strengthening. You know, especially if you're going to be an athlete, it's your base. You know, your your legs and your core are your base. If you can't control those or be stronger in those, it's just going to be a difficult, you know, going for you. Um, so we just you know make sure that we get that stronger, mm-hmm. and. Um, and then making the movements explosive, you know, single leg, you do a lot, we do a lot of unilateral work um, to, so that we even out the right and the left leg, you know, equally. And, and we do the movement, you know, we train the movement. You know, we're not training specific muscles, we're training the movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and the movement is triple extension, right? It's, it's the ankle, knee, hip. So when you jump, a split second before you leave the ground, your ankle and your knee are, are extended. When you run, for a split second, that trail leg, ankle, knee, hip is fully extended before you come back to triple extension, so it's like uh, a triple snatch. flexion, right? So it's, it's, it's so <laughs> that triple extension movement is what we try to focus on yeah. and, and, and get it stronger, and more explosive. And so you've just basically, I mean, how you've written your programs based on like working on the treadmill, speed stuff through your coaching, um, spotting stuff like that, and then translating that into lifts and movement, moving better. And then, so you're getting these kids, you know, to move better at whatever age they're at, and that, and it sounds like a formula that's working. Yeah, it's working great, you know, and, and you know, it, it was, you know, again, it, you know, it, it was something that, it worked good, I mean, it's always worked well, you know, and it, and it kind of grew, that's why I grew the business, but I think over the last couple of years, it, I've, you know, what I've honed in on now is really working like I, I've never seen before, you know, like, I, I mean, it's just, the results are just amazing. You know, and I think all my athletes that are, you know, that are with me are excited about the gains they've seen, and that's why they continue on. You know, they're, they're, they're still with me, and we're still getting better and stronger and more explosive, and it's just exciting to see. So do you usually put these the athletes through these programs during an off-season? This is not something in-season, or are there some kind of different programs you do both? When they're in-season, they'll come like once a week to kind of maintain. So, you know, unfortunately, speed is like one of the things like, you know, you, you you can gain it, you lose it, but it's one of the first <laughs> things you lose if you don't focus on it. Yeah, like your your endurance, like your your endurance, 
will last longer. You, you, you'll maintain that long. You, like you can run miles for, you know, under a certain time, right? Maybe just lay off a month and go back and, and be close to where you were. Maybe not quite where you were, but be close. But speed's a different thing. You'll lose that pretty quick unless you keep those those fast twitch. So during season, they're doing some maintenance, but then off season, you're doing eight, 12 week programs that are pretty aggressive. Yeah, yeah, they get pretty aggressive. They're yeah. pretty aggressive. Eh, well, and I say aggressive, like if you just want the speed part, like, you know, and, and some, you know, and strengthening, make the movements more explosive, you know, two days a week is plenty. And, and, and I say that because most kids are doing something else. They're playing another sport, so they're already getting other stimulus the other days of the week. You know, they're, you know, my boys play soccer. They're practicing three times a week. So their speed training, they don't do any more than, I don't train them more than two days a week. You know, the same with the other kids from their team that come. Two days a week is playing. Mm -hmm. uh, but most kids have that same situation. You know, they're playing baseball, basketball, football, and they're practicing, you know, four or five days a week. So to, to come in and tell them, hey, you guys have to come in and, and, and lift and run and train, you know, three, four days a week, we'd be doing them injustice because mm -hmm. then they'd be overtraining. So with the, all the training you're doing, I mean, there's really not a lot of risk involved. Like for them, you know, you're going to have a lot more benefits than anything that could yeah. do harm. Like, I mean, there's nothing, it sounds like it's really safe. It, it really is. It really is. I mean, the only, uh, I mean, you know, every now and then, you, you know, a beginner might, you know, might trip and, and, and fall on the treadmill, but again, they're going maybe, you know, eight miles an hour, but that happens rarely. I maybe had, I personally maybe had one person fall in like the last 10 years, um, but I've, I've had a couple of coaches and I think, I think one had two fall in you know, the last couple of years, but that was it. Mm -hmm. So it's not, you know, it, there's no, I mean, there's, the risk is minimal. Yeah, yeah. Especially so it's a win-win. Right. I mean, just yeah. a win for you to be able to help them, and then for them to get better at their sport. Yeah. I mean, even though it's not a skill-specific training, I mean, every, most sports use some kind of speed and agility. So. Yeah, I mean, my groups now are, it's, it's pretty cool because I, you know, I look I look around. I've got I've got I've got volleyball players, softball players, baseball players, football players, soccer players, all in like in the same training group, and we're doing the same thing. You know, because we're all wanting to be faster and more explosive mm -hmm. so that doesn't change just because your your sport's different doesn't change you want to jump higher you want to you want to run faster you want to move quicker you want to be more explosive well these are the things we're going to do you know there's you know your your sport coach is going to teach you your skills right you, we don't need to spend time doing that mm -hmm. and i don't want to teach you anything opposite of what you're being taught so I don't focus on any of that stuff. We just focus on athleticism, speed, power, is is the main emphasis. Do you mostly have people just, I mean, coming to you, or are you have, having to seek people out? I mean, this is kind of related to a question I wanted to ask about what kind of advice you would give to someone who who wants to improve their performance with speed and agility. I mean, is it is it easy for them to find find you find some you know find this kind of program? Uh, there's a lot of sports training facilities around that, and, and like CrossFit, they've become more and more popular. Like when I started Capulet and started working with, with athletes, there wasn't many of those around. But now there's a lot of sports performance companies and franchises around. But I don't think that they really focus on what I'm doing. You know, it's more a general program that these other you know places do. 
and um, I've, I've actually put my kids through them, and it's just not the same. So, mm-hmm. you know, this, you know, if you are truly wanting to get faster and more explosive, that is what we're focused on, and and that's what my commitment to them is: is I will make you faster, yeah. and I'll at least get you, you know, running correctly, you know, so that you can move better. Yeah. And, and, and because you're, I'm teaching you how to apply force and we're strengthening the movements, uh, you know, triple extension, you're going to start jumping higher. You're going to start moving quicker. You're going to start just being more stable and mm-hmm. better. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't want to be all those things? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, and that's kind of, you know, so it's come full circle, right? I started athlete wanting to train athletes, kind of got away. We didn't get away, but kind of got, you know, sidetracked with, with CrossFit, you know, and, and, and and you know that you know working with adults and you know that just kind of was, that's a just a different it's a whole different thing and then now I'm back full circle mm-hmm. just focused on athletes again yeah and uh, enjoying it yeah I mean it sounds like you're really enjoying yeah. what you do and I mean if, to be able to put everything into it and accomplish all that I mean you have to love it right yeah yeah um well that's been awesome I, I have a few kind of questions to wrap things up I asked all my um interviewees uh interviewees yeah these questions um uh, this one question anyway and then i may ask a couple other little questions just kind of wrap things up but i I didn't tell you this beforehand so you're gonna have to um be quick with this okay (laughs) so what um activity or sport would you like to try outside of anything that you've ever done to this point like any sport that you haven't oh man i mean i played a lot of sports um I've learned of one recently, actually, that sounded really interesting. Uh, one of the coaches at Calvary, where my boys play soccer, Coach Nile, I'll give him a little shout out. Yeah, uh, he, Nile uh, Masterson. He uh, he's from Ireland, and we were talking one day, and he was telling me about this sport that he played. It's called Gaelic, and I was like, huh. "What in the world is Gaelic? Okay. I never heard of it." <laughs> that, so I looked I it that up. Was a language. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Okay, that just sounds weird." Okay, so. I looked it up, and it's a combination of rugby, soccer, and basketball, and it's fast-paced, it's it's aggressive, and I just I, I, I think that would be pretty exciting to play. Cause I don't I, I like fast-paced and, and aggressive. I don't like yeah. to be standing around, you know, for long periods of time. I yeah. want I like to be moving. So I think if Gaelic would have been a sport back, if I even know, I mean, I just learned about it. And I'm 53 years old, so. If that was something I'd known, I'd probably be a sport I would probably try it out. Yeah, I mean, that's that's an awesome answer. I, um, shout out to Niall. And then also, I mean, that sounds pretty Irish, like that, yeah. that kind of game. Like just, yeah. um, I, I like the fast I, I had to ask him, when he, when he said the name, I was like, wait, say that again? Did I hear you right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I thought that was like the the language. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's actually, a, maybe it's spelled differently. Yeah. Um, was there any other career that you considered pursuing? I mean, I know you mentioned um, you did sales, but was there anything else? No, you know, it's it's, it's interesting. Like, I love working with athletes, um, you know, being involved in the sports and seeing their success. I think one of the things that I do miss was, is, is that the, uh, like, the camaraderie. Like, when I played football at Rice, the camaraderie that you get with the teammates, mm. the, uh, you know, the the competition, you know, getting ready for game, you know, that kind of thing is, is something that I've, that I've missed. So like if I wanted to do something now, I'd maybe be part of a team like that, whether it's, you know, college or whatever, but you know, that, that's probably something I would, I would 
you know, consider mm -hmm. with the right opportunity. Yeah. Those opportunities are pretty hard to come by. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, coming out of college, I mean, it's a pretty small percentage that I guess do it for a living, right? Right. But I think like you, like a lot of um, athletes, like including myself, of course, we all wanted to go, you know, play something to at a different level, and it would have been awesome being a part of a team like that. But what you've been able to do is, I mean, you've created this business from the ground up, and you have a team of coaches, you know, around you helping you do that, and other um, business owners probably that are allowing you to make everything better for what you have to offer. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's all the questions I had. I think this is this is awesome. I really had a good time with this conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me. I enjoyed, you know, I really enjoyed talking to you and, and learning more about what you guys do. And, yeah. you know, I think, uh, you know, I'll definitely be referring my athletes over to you guys. All right. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> one thing we didn't talk about was my mobile speed lab. But that's oh, something yeah, so else. They can go to up. my website. All right. Yeah. So. Oh, um, you have the trailer, right? I have the trailer, yeah. Okay. Yeah, tell us about that real quick. But it's it's the mobile speed lab, and I don't like to call it trail, even though it's a trailer, because, you know, I don't want you Sorry. to picture, like, this, <laughs> you know, this lawnmower, you know, this lawn business, right? No, this but is it a, says Cap Elite. I'm yeah, this is a big, this is a big trailer. It's 12 feet tall, 26 feet long, but in the, in that trailer, I have the exact same equipment I have in my garage. I have a high-speed treadmill. I've got the Vertimax equipment. I've got all, everything I need to take athletes through my speed program and meet them where they're at, which is at their fields of practice, mm -hmm. wherever their teams are. So, so now I'm, I'm starting to work with schools and teams and, and taking it, you know, to them. And, uh, that's, that's been, really cool. that's been really cool. It's been exciting. So are you um, just contacting teams and the, yes. the directors and coaches? Yes. And say, so this is what I got. Setting I'm coming training to you. times and we show up. And <laughs> yeah. I've seen it out in the parking lot. At yeah. Park, so, you need to come. You need to come do one of my speed programs. I I do. I'd be happy to. I'm an endurance athlete, and you said yeah. this. We didn't talk about this, but this is not just for people that are running short, fast bursts. Um, you have an endurance program as well. Yes, we, we I've got an endurance protocol as well. So, yeah. and if you're looking to get your, you know, your gait, your kick a little bit more powerful, we, we can work. We can. I'm always that. looking to do that so I can beat my friends. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm not going to tell them about this. No, I'm just kidding. I'm It'll just be kidding. your secret weapon. <laughs> No, I've got, I mean, I'm, I know a lot of people here in the endurance community, and so, I mean, it's something that, I mean, we didn't even get into that, but these kind of programs, I think they translate well. You just make little adjustments to what you're trying to accomplish, and right. I mean, I'd be happy to, to go through one of them and see if it works. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> um, so, if you want to get faster, you want to jump higher, you want to run longer, Capelite. Capelite.com. <laughs> and, and I have an Instagram account. It's Eddie Enriquez cap. And there's okay. a lot of videos there of, of different athletes, different ages, of like before and after videos of when they started, you know, where they are now, um, and just a lot of other cool stuff. Yeah, so check out capelite.com and also Eddie Enriquez cap elite. Uh, cap is cap. Eddie Enriquez cap. Eddie Enriquez on cap on Instagram. Mm -hmm. If you want to see some of these videos, he's got some really cool videos of um, training people how to run on this high speed treadmill. Uh, it's a pretty cool thing. So, again, Thanks for coming on the show, Eddie. Just glad having you. Thanks for having me. For more information about College Station Physical Therapy and Performance, please visit our website at collegestationpt.com or check us out on Facebook at College Station Physical Therapy and Performance or on Instagram at College Station PT. That's it for today. Please subscribe so you don't miss the next podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody, to The Active Texan.